0: What's going on, Packers fans? Aaron Nagler here, joined by Andy Herman. It's the day after a Packers game. This is what we do. We talk some football. Andy, what about those Packers? I mean, I suspected the Packers had a puncher's chance in this game. I certainly didn't see complete annihilation of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, what did you think watching this unfold last night?
1: Uh, I thought it was up and awesome. <laughs> I thought it was one of the, the probably more memorable packer games of probably my entire life. I got to, you know, you and I, obviously Aaron, we're both fans of the team. Sometimes it's very hard to take off the analytical lenses and just sort of enjoy. This was one you could just sit back and enjoy in its entirety. Um, So that was the first thing. And to your point going into this game, I thought there were three potential outcomes. Green Bay wins by a little Dallas wins by a little or Dallas wins by a lot. Green Bay winning by a lot did not really factor into the equation going into the game. I definitely thought they had a puncher's chance. I actually liked Green Bay going into this one, um, but never anything like this where you jump out to a 27-0 lead and just keep your foot on the gas almost the entirety of the game. This was impressive in every stretch of the way. I think the coaching staff, Matt LaFleur, starts off by having all of the credit, and they just went into Dallas. That's won 16 straight games in Dallas, And they just punched him in the face, embarrassed him, spit on him, and said, we're just flat out better than you for four quarters. It was so fun to watch.
0: I mean, you talk about four quarters, right from the flip of the coin and winning that toss and deciding to take the ball. We've seen this now a couple times this season. And Matt pretty much confirmed earlier today, you know, the idea is we want to get up on this team that has played so well with a lead in that building. I was heartened during that opening drive to see how – You know, not just balanced, but clearly the idea was to utilize Aaron Jones early and often. You love the fact that they played somewhat. It it feels weird to say because like, they jump out to this huge lead, but they were kind of just playing keep away from the Cowboys offense, which is what we talked about last week. As far as I mean, that opening drive is what almost eight minutes long and ends in the end zone. Right. And so you're up, uh, you're up, you know, from the get go. I just loved that the plan was so kind of one of those moments of, okay, don't overthink it, because I think we've seen throughout kind of the course of Matt's tenure in Green Bay. Sometimes, you know, in the past, possibly he might kind of have a idea or think, you know, this is what they're going to expect me to do. So I'm going to do something else. It was so readily apparent that that should be the recipe for victory. and, And like he did exactly. I mean, it's weird because it is what was expected, but the Cowboys had absolutely no answer for it.
1: It was a masterpiece by Matt LaFleur, in my opinion. He had calls for everything all game long, and Matt's 100% right. It, it takes everyone. It takes putting that game plan together and then going out and, and calling the right plays at the right times and having answers for everyone, But also or everything, I should say. It also takes Jordan Love being on top of his game and being able to go out and execute at the high level that he did. But it also takes the offensive line blocking for him. Aaron Jones having a phenomenal day, all of his weapons at his disposal, it it was everyone, and it just a stark difference from earlier in the season where getting three points at halftime felt like moving a mountain <laughs> right. um, to just being like completely unstoppable. And this is a Dallas defense that, again, not only is just great in, in general, but in Dallas, they're even that much better. Dan Quinn's getting considered, or at least was getting considered, for a head coaching job in Seattle because of the job he's done with this defense. Top five, Micah Parsons, and they just cut through it like butter. And I, I don't know even what more to say other than. To see this group of players grow in such short period, of, such a short period of time, um, and again having it be three points was hard to get at certain points the season. Guys in the wrong spots, running in the same directions, running into each other, QB sneaks that you can't execute, like just all of it. <laughs> right. To uh, every single drive feels like it's going to end up in points in some way. And I thought that first drive. That the beauty in the first drive was that was a grind. That was a grind yep. of a drive. they did get the big play over the middle to to Romeo Dobbs um you know in, in the the middle of that drive, but man, there was a lot of zero two three yard pickups on that drive, and they just they kept pounding it they kept grinding away. I thought that was probably their worst drive of the day, and they still get seven on an eight minute seventy five yard drive on the opening play to set the tone for the rest of the game. That's just the type of day it was for Green Bay
0: well, and you brought you brought up like the perfect point <clears throat> as far as what I took away from absolutely the offensive output in the first half, but even into the early parts of the second half, Matt stuck with the run. Even when he was only getting like one yard or even zero yards, like he kept utilizing Aaron Jones and kept kind of not forcing the issue, but absolutely sticking with the run. And you heard them on the broadcast talk about, you know, Dan Quinn in the game in the week leading up to the game, talking about how there's no tell. You don't know which one you're going to get as far as, okay, this is definitely an Aaron Jones run, or this is the play action coming off of that, you know, threat. And I thought that kept the Cowboys off balance. You you saw so much kind of too high safety because they were petrified of the Packers going downfield and they just kept kind of taking advantage of it. I I thought the, the fact you were mentioned, Romeo Dobbs. Now it's your turn, Romeo, to have a hundred yard game. The fact that he had a hundred, even before halftime kind of blows my mind, but I mean, you scored 48 points and Jaden Reed didn't have a catch. (laughs) What? That's that just speaks to the depth and the talent. And I mean, the job Matt LaFleur did is going to be the subject of my Packers daily today, but you can even kick it up the chain to Brian Gutekunst. You talk about all that talent. That was yes, very kind of raw and unmolded earlier in the season. And we certainly saw that play out week after week, but man, now you see, with a full season of coaching under their belt and play time and all that experience that they've got on the grass, so to speak, man, you talk about a collection of talent in every sense of the word. You got to give Brian Gutekun some credit here.
1: Malik Heath can't even get active for the game. And he's right? been playing really good football. And <laughs> let me say, I think what Melton Watson and Reed, those three, which could be a legitimate starting trio for almost any team in the league. Uh, Watson, Melton Reed combined for two catches for 16 yards and they put up 48 in this game. I want to go back to the second half on offense though, because Mm -hmm. you know, you, you get that 27-7 lead. And that was like the first time where like everything was house money almost up until that point where then you're like, Oh God, like now they're up 20 and Dallas gets the ball first. And now it's, you start like the, uh, like the stomach churning of like okay we've we've seen some of these stories before and you didn't want to speak any of them into it especially existence. in
0: green bay no doubt. <laughs> green bay. but um
1: for dallas to go down they get the field goal and they make it a 17 point game and Green bay just to go right back down and score a touchdown i thought that was so massive and then dallas to respond and they get a touchdown and people said no 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 we're just gonna go back down again and score a touchdown those to me were like the you're just not going to be able to keep pace with us. Like, good luck. It's great that you guys have finally found a little bit of a rhythm on offense. And that kudos to because you. Because you, know,
0: you knew they would, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, there's no way they're playing that kind of putrid on the offensive side for an entire game in no their way. building, right? Yep. So you knew that was coming a little bit.
1: Yeah. So for the offense to counter it and just say, nope, not today. We've got this. You're not going to be able to put up enough points. That just another impressive aspect on the day for the offense.
0: Yeah. You mentioned earlier, you mentioned the offensive line. I mean, you talk about the work they did against that front against that pass rush. That's two games now where they've really, really kind of neutralized uh, some of the best pass rush that the Cowboys have had over the course of the last decade or so last year in Lambeau and now yesterday down at AT AT&T. They they did a a really, really good job of making sure that none of their talented kind of front seven really couldn't do anything to dictate to the Packers offense. They had an answer, whether it was you mentioned Aaron Jones and pass pro or just Jordan Love using his cadence pre-snap to get them to declare and see where guys are coming from and make adjustments. The touchdown to Wicks is a perfect example of he had that red from the moment he used his cadence the adjustment gets just gets the snap off. He had it beat in his head before they snapped the football.
1: That play against uh, to Dontavian Wicks against that that Cowboys defense and what they were trying to do on that play. That's one in like real time. Um, I'm just running around the living room. I'm <laughs> freaking out. I'm going back and watching the tape, and uh-huh. that's like that. That's everything you want in a quarterback in one play summed up to perfection. Because to use the hard count to get them to declare to then make the checks, get into a max protect so that you can block everything up as best as possible, to kind of backpedal as much as you can because you know a guy's probably going to get through just to buy the extra millisecond of time, to stand in the pocket knowing that you're going to take probably a pretty bad hit on the play, but you need that extra millisecond to complete the pass, and then to throw it in the perfect spot for Dontavian Wicks and deliver a 30-something yard touchdown, It, it just does not get better than that for a first-year starting quarterback. I know he's in year four. I don't care. But that stuff is – it's just so next level at this point of in his first year as a starter. It's its impossible to even fathom that that would have been the case even going early, like, first part of this season. Oh, yeah. Um, like, that stuff. And then the offensive line, it, this goes back to, I think, just a, a beautiful game plan because, first of all, again, they put up 48 points. Part of that is the defensive side of the ball as well. But Jordan throws 21 passes in this game. Like, you didn't want to get into a, well, Jordan's got to throw 35, 40 times because then Demarcus Lawrence and, and Micah Parsons and those guys have a real get legitimate chance off. to get the tee off. Exactly. exactly. So, 21 pass attempts only. And then a, a handful of those, probably more, are just Jordan getting the ball out of his hands really fast so that, like, there's a play where Parsons wins in like a millisecond and the ball's just out of Jordan's hands into the flat. I think it was to Musgrave on the play. But, yeah. like, those specific plays, make it so that those guys get frustrated and annoyed. Then you add in like, oh, now we're going to chip them. Now we're going to double them. Now we're going to do all these different things. And then keeping balanced with the run game where Jones goes over 100 yards, they just had Dallas in a blender. And that's that just goes to the play calling and the play design and the the game plan of Matt LaFleur.
0: Speaking of game plans, let's flip it over to the defensive side of the ball and look at one young Mr. Joe Barry, who I thought had a, had a decent, Plan. I, I thought the Cowboys kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit more than anything early. But again, once, you know, things got somewhat, quote, <laughs> serious, you know, I thought Barry did a nice job of mixing it up enough. You know, I thought, it, it, you know, things had to change when Jair got hurt. But for the most part, it, it wasn't ever it didn't ever seem like what I expected it to be, which was the Cowboys just completely overwhelming the Packers, especially downfield. Man, they kept it. I'm not going to say simple, but they, they didn't try anything exotic. I thought the pass rush did enough, though. It was interesting that Dak, there were more than a few times where things were blocked up fine up front, and he just had nowhere to go with the ball. Uh, the The Nixon sack, that's a coverage sack. You know, it's yeah. like all these things that they had such problems with just a month ago. None of that was in evidence against one of the best offenses they'll face all year.
1: Yeah, I think you mentioned that it's it's not simple, but it's simpler. It just feels like everyone's communicating better. Everyone's on the same page. They're not trying to do too much. They're rallying to the football. They're playing cohesively as a group of 11 players rather than 11 guys trying to do their own things. It's just it's making things harder for opposing offenses. I think this is going to be a top 10 defense. I don't think they're just going to shut people down. But your, your goal is to make it a grind for the opposing offense. And hopefully they make a couple mistakes along the way. That's exactly what you got out of Dallas in this one. You made things difficult on them, and in the process, they threw two big picks. Jair gets the one that sets up a touchdown. You get the pick six for Darnell Savage, and it completely changes the entire you know flow of the game and obviously the outcome of the game. But I, I know we have this like sort of um, lot, like lasting impression of like the last two touchdowns in the game where they score sixteen points, and you get, again we start getting palms sweating, a little and nervous, a, big, a little Seattle
0: flashback right there, no exactly.
1: doubt. So, but I just want to like remind people with 10 minutes left in this game, Dallas got the ball back 10 minutes left in the game. Green Bay's up 48 to 16, 48 to 16 with 10 minutes left in this game. When the, when the game was in the balance, Green Bay allowed 16 points on the day. And uh, with that 16 in mind, they also scored seven on their own and then set up another touchdown with the Jair interception. So I get that the the lasting impression and that like, bitter taste in your mouth at the end, that's going to be there. They're going to have to learn from those things, because if you're going to play prevent, you need to prevent getting out of bounds and you need to prevent big plays. And they didn't do either of those things. You also can't allow when you're up 32, them to get the touchdown and the two point conversion, because that's like really the only way they can get back in it. So there's things they need to learn from from that. But when the game was in the balance, allowing only 16 points, two turnovers, four sacks, multiple uh, nine QB hits, Um, they get the turnover on downs in the third quarter. Just when things was, again, like kind of tightening up a little bit, they send Keyshawn Nixon off the corner blitz and they get the turnover on downs on that play. Um, Six passes defensed. It was was a really good overall performance until they were up 48 to 16 with 10 minutes (laughs) in the fourth quarter. And to be fair, like... You know, at that point, they weren't going to come back. It just, it's natural for us to get a little bit more nervous when we see some of that stuff crumbling a little bit at the end of the game.
0: Well, and there's two things I want to go over here. I'm going to get your thoughts on Matt pulling a lot of the starters late in that sequence. But before we do, before we do, you mentioned how, you know, the things that they did that were so kind of effective that, again, weren't crazy exotic. there, There weren't big pressure calls, whatever. But something like the Savage pick six which is obviously the extreme example but the too high look that they show pre-snap and then Savage to come down pretty much right at the snap of the ball and maybe not know but act as a robber and there's a pretty good chance that they're going to try and go to Lamb there that's a very I want to say like simplified version of making them kind of see a picture and then take it away in a way that that we just haven't seen a lot of that from the Packers defense But that was so, like, just, again, it's a very kind of minimal adjustment. But, man, it was obviously insanely effective on that play.
1: A lot of times defense comes down to not doing, like, a a few exotic things super well. It's doing all the basic things super well. And, again, I think that's just the better version of what we've seen out of Green Bay these past few weeks after the Carolina game is – they're just doing all the simple, fundamental things better. They're staying in their lanes. They're rushing alleys a little bit better. Dak out outside a couple times, but it wasn't anything super egregious. Didn't really lead to much. They're not letting people get behind them too much until, again, a little bit late in the game um, where they allowed a couple players behind them. But uh, overall, it, it's, it's that sort of approach that's making things much more of a grind for Minnesota, Chicago, and Dallas. And they're going to have to have that same sort of mindset and approach this week against San Francisco and even be much, much better at it.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Now, you mentioned you know, a couple times, especially in that late surge, uh, you know, the Cowboys did get guys loose, get uh, Ferguson. Yep. They had they had no answer for Ferguson most of the day. Um, but yeah, Lamb got free up the left side against Ballantyne, and I think it was Anderson at safety. Yeah. Th- there there were a lot of guys playing at the end who, A, don't play at all, and B certainly haven't played a lot together. And I think for the most part, I thought it felt like preseason. On some of those plays where there's no kind of cohesion because there are a bunch of backups being thrown in. And as I I kind of alluded to before, I'd love to get your thoughts on when Matt decide. I mean, Clifford comes in right on offense and then on the flip, you've got mostly backups in on defense two drives later. okay, we're back to the starters. I've never seen that before. Yeah. What did you I know Matt took kind of responsibility, said that's me. It's on me. It's my bad. (laughs) I don't know. I was just kind of fascinated. Like I said, never seen it before. I'd love to get your thoughts.
1: I think the first thing is in the moment, and I think Matt, like you said, owned up to it, it was probably just a little bit too early. And even with that being said, I still don't think... They, they needed. They needed to go touchdown two point conversion, touchdown two point conversion, onside kick, touchdown two point conversion, onside kick, touchdown two point conversion. Get into overtime, win the toss, go down and score a touch. Like it was going to take a uh, lot for Green but then Bay. Then again, this, this is the Green Bay Packers. This, this is the Green Bay Packers. We have seen stranger things. Let's say that. No doubt. But um, this is a still a no win situation to some extent for Matt because if they are up 32 yep. and a guy rolls up on Aaron Jones, a guy rolls up on Jordan love and they go into like now, Oh, Matt, the, the, you finally, you coach this great game. And now you keep Jordan in too long and he, you know, tears his knee up and now he can't play and it's going to go into next. Everyone would be crushing him today. National yep. media, local media, bloggers, YouTubers, podcasters, everyone <laughs> would be grinding him because he we would Jordan never do that. Andy, you and me.
0: me, we'd be the stalwarts. No doubt. So,
1: so like, while I think it's a little bit too early to take those guys out, if something happens in that moment, he's going to get crushed for it. Um, And in the same token, the other way, if now all of a sudden you see these guys like the, the Cowboys making a little bit of a rally and going for it. And it's like, oh my goodness, could they like potentially blow this somehow? So I do think it was a little bit too early. I understood a little bit. I think I probably would have done a little bit more of a half measure if I was uh, Matt in that situation. You've got Elton who's been battling an injury. Maybe just get Sean Ryan in for him. Maybe you don't want to subject Aaron Jones to something. That's okay. But I think especially on the defensive side of the ball, once Green Bay did go three and out with Clifford, I probably would have kept the starters in in that specific scenario and just gone with those guys just to make sure you don't give up something explosive really fast, because that's the only thing that's going to beat you at that point. And of course, they did. And they go down and score really easily. And then that's when he has to bring everyone back. So a little bit quick. I understand the dual nature of it. He's kind of screwed if he does, screwed if he doesn't, depending on what happens. But at the end of the day, if that's what we get to nitpick today is that they gave up 16 right. points when they were up 32 with 10 minutes left. <laughs> I'm glad to be nitpicking that. I'm all right with it. No doubt exactly. about it.
0: Um, all right. You, you alluded to it. Let's talk about it. This matchup with the 49ers. Um, I mean, this is the the ghost, right? This is the uh, the one who the team that I think scares Packers fans the most, given how much pain and heartache they've had recently. See, it's weird because like when I was a kid and the Packers were coming up and started to ascend, the 49ers were the team we beat up all the time. And kind of like the Cowboys are now, that to me has always been the 49ers. So they are obviously on the other end of that deal now. I am fascinated to see how Matt approaches this game against a team he clearly knows very well, a coach he knows very well, Um, and I'm fascinated to see how this offense operates with Jordan Love at quarterback as opposed to Aaron Rodgers, And that's not looking to bash Rogers. It's just a, we all can see now a very different style of offense. I don't know how the Packers move people up front. That's my worry. That's the one area where I'm like, okay, yeah, the, the run game and Aaron Jones has been such a catalyst for this success over the course of the last three or four games. But then you go to San Francisco and you look at that front. I mean, that's, that's tough sledding. And that's where the one real concern I have.
1: I mean, this is a really fantastic San Francisco team, and they are filled with superhuman beings. Like they, yeah, like, right. they with super, like Trent Williams and Nick Bosa and Chase Young and Fred Warner and uh, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey. It's just, it's a team of superhuman athletes, and they're going to be really difficult to beat. I think the thing that gives me the most faith is I think this Packers offense can score on anyone. Now, do I expect them to get 48? No, I think this is probably going to be more in twenties somewhere, but I think they can score on the San Francisco offense or defense. Excuse me. I just, I think the bigger thing is how much can they limit the 49ers offense from scoring points. And I, I the, the, there's two negative takeaways from this game for me, from the Cowboys game for green Bay. The one is the injuries Jair, and you're going into a Saturday game on short week. Man. Um, you know, Quay Walker went out. Hopefully, it was just precautionary. We haven't heard anything there. Isaiah McDuffie goes out. Kingsley Nibari, we know now, likely has a torn ACL. Like there, there's some bodies lost on that defensive side of the ball that could directly affect how Green Bay defends San Francisco in this game. The other thing is they had 90 plays on defense. Yeah, 90 play. That's. Yeah. Like If you have a four-quarter game plus That's an overtime, you're not playing 90 snaps of defense in most cases. <laughs> right. um, like That is as many as I, I think I've seen in an in extremely long time to play. And now you've got, again, a short week. you got to go to the West Coast. That's going to be a tired group of legs against a 49ers team that is not only rested from last week, but rested their starters the week before that. And this gets into the whole rest versus rust sort of thing. Right. It's going to be an interesting dynamic, but Man, this this defense is going to have to run off of adrenaline because I, they're in for a, a, a tough game with some tired legs after 90 snaps yesterday.
0: You mentioned Enigbari going down. You hate to see that, no doubt. Lucas Van Ness, you have to think, bumps up rotationally. I think he's been playing well. I don't think he's yeah. been lights out or anything, but I think he's certainly improved over the course of the last month or so. Um, you, you talk about the defense, and Shanahan just basically having nothing but answers when he's faced the Packers. Um throughout his tenure, even now, like recently against uh, Lafleur's crew. You know, I, I will say, I think there's, you know, clearly there's a path to victory for the Packers. It's yeah. one of those games, again, where you love the fact that it's Jordan Love because he's taking care of the football. Like, the way that the Packers have gone into San Francisco so many times and had just horrific starts to begin with, but then had, like, really bad moments with the ball. Man, I found myself last night watching the game, and I'm like, I never worry when Jordan lets it go. Yeah, I like that it was. It's like early era prime Rodgers in that regard, yeah. because of course we came off of Brett Favre, so many years of so many. It like, could go anywhere, even he doesn't know. And then to have Jordan here at this point, so early in his career, where I trust that when he throws the ball. I'm pretty confident it's going to be either caught by a Packer or just miss him inside or outside. But I don't worry about the ball going to the wrong spot.
1: He's playing with a level of confidence where he feels like he can get the ball anywhere, anytime he wants. And he's not wrong. He's done it from multiple arm angles, from backpedaling, from pressure in his face to an open pocket, to playing within rhythm, to off grip. It doesn't matter. Um, to ma- being able to, again, make the checks at the line, go through his cadence, reset everything. He's, he's just playing at an absurd level. And when you have that level of confidence and you feel like you can get the ball anywhere you need to in any given moment, it, it just puts the, the entire defense at notice at any play of like this ball could go anywhere. They can't take away just one player. Um, again, we, we talked about earlier, like they had Dallas in a blender of like, I don't know what's going to come next. That's the same sort of thing you need to do against San Fran's defense. Again, they have to do the same thing where if even some of those one to two yard runs early aren't, aren't working the way that you would want them to, you got to stick with it. you got to still run it at them and and give them those looks so you can set up the the play action later. It's paramount that the defense is able to keep it so that it's not, um, you know, out of reach. So that green Bay just has to drop back and, and throw a bunch of times. But if they play the same level of complimentary football that they did against Dallas, I still think while San Francisco is clearly the favorite here and has more avenues to victory, 10 point, 9 point, 5 point favorites, whatever it is, mm. that seems ultra aggressive for a team that's playing the way that you're like, like Green Bay is right now.
0: Couldn't agree more, but you know, they want to take our money because we we're going to feel <laughs> sure. so like indignant, like yo, I'll bet that, and then, you know, they've got the money regardless. So that's what uh, I see coming down the bite here for, the Green Bay Packers Saturday night, short, short turnaround for the Packers. Uh, regardless, Andy and I will be back next Monday to talk about it all. Andy, can't thank you enough for the time, man. Can't wait. Thanks so much, Andy.